Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective. We are talking about some good news and culture chaos this Monday episode. I've got a few announcements first. And uh, folks, you know, this good news and culture chaos is something that, you know, we've got to stand our ground. We've got to start standing up. And a lot of these topics are sensitive. And so today's show, there's topics that are uncomfortable. None of us should have to be talking about them, but it's because we let up our guard too long and it's good. Some people are standing up now, but it's time for more people to stand up. And then the cultural chaos doesn't have to be in our face all the time. But there are a number of things going on in the local area that are looking at the culture. One of those is coming up tomorrow night at 7.15 p.m. That's the not backing down the church at Plant Parenthood. Again, March 14th, tomorrow, 7.15 p.m., 123 East Indiana. TCAP will be meeting there, getting together and singing some worship songs. And then we have another event coming up later in March, and it's being brought by the Family Policy Institute of Washington. It's called the Pastors Confab on Fire Ministries, 115 East Pacific Avenue, March 24th. Again, that's Friday, March 24th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., for pastors. So pastors that are staffed, that are leading their flock, they can go there and fellowship and hear from a speaker, Joseph Backholm, the senior fellow at the Family Research Council. There is Longhorn Barbecue being served to the pastors. That event is free of charge. There's another event that does have a cost, and you'll want to go to Family Policy Institute of Washington's website. That's fpiw.org and sign up for an event called Crisis in K-12 Education, and that's the following day, March 25th. Again, fbiw.org. So this Good News and Cultural Chaos Monday, we're going to jump into some inspiration before we hit those heavy topics. We're going to talk about a time to speak. For 30 long years, the African-American woman worked faithfully for a large global ministry. Yet when she sought to talk with co-workers about racial injustice, she was met with silence. Finally, however, in the spring of 2020, as open discussions about racism expanded around the world, her ministry friends started having some open dialogue. With mixed feelings and pain, she was grateful that discussions had begun. Silence can be a virtue in some situations. As King Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be silent and a time to speak. Silence in the face of bigotry and injustice, however, only enables harm and hurt. Lutheran pastor Martin Neomile, jailed in Nazi Germany for speaking out, confessed that in a poem he penned after the war, first they came for the communists, he wrote, but I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. He added, then they came for the Jews, the Catholics, and others, but I didn't speak up. Finally, they came for me, and by that time, there was no one left to speak up. It takes courage and love to speak up against injustice. Seeking God's help, however, we recognize the time to speak is now. Heavenly Father, please release our tongues and our hearts from the enemy's grip. Equip us to see and feel the harm of injustice so that we may speak up for those that are hurt by sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we need to stand up to those who have been harmed. We also need to stand up to those who intend harm. 
and there's going to be a lot about that today. Some victories, some people standing up, and some places where we're not so victorious yet. Maybe not so victorious, but you know, I want to talk about a girls basketball team that forfeited their playoff game because they refused to play against a biological male. The Mid-Vermont Christian girls basketball team withdrew from the Vermont Division Four state tournament due to a refusal to play against an opponent with a transgender student athlete. The head of the school, Vicki Fogg, stated that playing against a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of their players. Vermont law allows transgender female students to play on girls' sports teams, and the Vermont Principals Association supports best practices through their in- inclusivity statement. It appears the Vermont Principals Association is not looking out for the best interest of their biological female students, putting the needs of a biological male ahead of the actual females. It takes a lot for a school to get into the playoffs, but it takes a lot more to forfeit the game and take a stand in protection of real women and the integrity of their sports because biological males should not be infiltrating women's sports. That's right. And I think that this issue, you know, obviously has gone further than the bathroom and the locker room. And I think most women would probably not enter a restroom while there was a man in the women's restroom. So they're just doing the same thing with state playoffs or league play that it's just not good for the safety of the sport. It's not it's it's cultural chaos. This stuff is insane that we're even having these discussions Kudos to those girls. It takes a lot to say we're not going to play because if they love that game just as much as somebody else we know. Well, these sports are being ruined and and these conferences are being ruined. These leagues are being ruined. Who needs a stupid trophy from a league that doesn't know how to tell the difference between a boy and a girl and they want to put the girls in jeopardy and they have to go against people who have physical differences that put them at an advantage Right, just like the boy that was wrestling the girl and beat her severely. Hands down, yeah. And hurt her pretty bad, actually. There's been plenty of cases, uh, the runners, where the, the male runners were breaking state records and basically made it to where the girls couldn't compete at all. And we, we should be standing up for women, children. We need to stand up for our culture, though, because what they're doing here is destroying our whole entire culture. Any kind of sexual morality, they're expanding mental illness to become part of just what we're supposed to expect in our daily world. So, and I want our listeners to know that this show is is more about being encouraged. We want you to feel encouraged because there are places out there that are taking a stand. There are teams that are taking yeah, a stand. Yeah, just like those that girl, they don't need the trophy. They can just frame those articles from the Absolutely. newspapers and they can uh, yeah, that's definitely a trophy that they should hold on to. They stood up for women's sports because if the sports are going to continue it's going to take more people like them standing up so that's their reward is that they got recognized for standing in the gap in a culture war where apparently our lawmakers i guess didn't stand up for them yeah they're they're playing a pansy sport instead of a men's sport or playing instead of hockey i don't know there you go so let's talk about another encouraging um, news article. This was out of the stream.org, which is equipping Christians to think clearly about the political, economic, and moral issues of our day. Keeping kids safe. Idaho mass resistance activists take up all the seats at a drag queen show in a local library. The library director tried to order them to leave, but they refused. So the drag queen read LGBT children's stories to the adults. 
pro-LGBT activists brought the children to the event, but the room was already full. Well, good for them. So they filled a public room that they have every right to fill. They pay the taxes for it. And it was an event that they didn't think was good for children. So the adults filled the room. The adults did fill the room. And you know what they saw? They described as ghastly. Its purpose is for bizarre men dressed as women to give kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models where kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions. The library was clearly not interested in what the parents in the community thought, so the parents decided that they would do something about it at the next event. So, folks, this event happened on February 11th, 2023. February 11th, yeah. Well, the non-event that happened, I mean, I guess it was an event so the adults in the room could see kind of what uh, would have been put on for the children had the adults not filled the room. Well, they did. So it all worked out. The activists showed up about a half an hour early with, with their Bibles in their hands. They were going to read the Bible through the whole event. The library director saw what was going on and he said, if you are not here to participate, you need to leave. None of the activists left. And they reminded him that it was a publicly advertised event in a public space. So he simply couldn't order them to leave. The drag queens read the storybooks, sang songs as they had the month before, but they ended it and left early. The program lasted 30 minutes. Wow. Well, kudos to those residents that are standing up for children because why are we allowing this in our tax dollars? Why are we allowing the queering of children and having queer role models? Why is that important to education? Why is that important for children to learn how to read? Why is it important in a library? You know, and why is it important for adult men to be risque in front of children? I think child predators might like doing those things and maybe we should treat it that way. One of the things I didn't point out was one of the employees was actually the drag queen that was reading the stories and doing the presentation. One of the library employees. One of the library employees. Well, you know, the left has taken over government. There's a lot of leftists that are inside of government, not just, that's in Idaho, right? So Yes, a Pocatello, Idaho to be specific. Okay, interesting. Yeah, moving on. Tennessee governor signs first of its kind bill restricting drag shows. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed a novel bill into law Thursday that will criminalize some drag performances. The first of its kind legislation will ban adult cabaret entertainment on public property or in locations where it can be viewed by minors. Such entertainment, according to the measure, includes topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators, or similar entertainers. So basically is a law reiterating what used to be pretty well understood in our culture that sexually explicit shows are not for children. Oh, you mean the moral code? So, yeah, because I think it's illegal in most states still to sexually approach a child, which, of course, it should be. But now they're saying, oh, no, no, it's not. It's entertainment for children. Well, movies still have ratings. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, and they don't let children in those kinds of movies No, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. So one of the bill's uh, sponsors, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, uh, celebrated the signing on by saying the bill gives confidence to parents that they can take their kids to a public or private show and will not be blindsided by a sexualized performance. Okay. You know what else Tennessee did? What else did Tennessee do? I don't know, but I know that I think that maybe some of our 
representatives should take a look at this legislation. Tennessee legislature. Well, I, if Tennessee did it, there's no way our representatives in Washington are going to be able to accomplish it because it, it's a different world over here. It sure is. Tennessee House of Republicans on Thursday overwhelmingly passed a ban on gender transition health care for minors, which will require transgender children to end their current medical treatment by March 2024. The bill prohibits children from receiving blockers, hormone therapies, or surgical procedures. People who receive the treatments as minors would also be able to sue parents, guardians, and physicians for authorizing the care under a statute of limitations under the legislation. Bill sponsors initially included language to categorize parents seeking such treatments for their children as abuse or neglect. Of course it is. I mean, these are children trying to change their gender has lifelong consequences and healthcare consequences and healthcare costs for them and the taxpayers for life. Well, unfortunately, that section was later stripped from the bill as it made it through the committee. Well, that's unfortunate for the children that might want to sue their parents, guardians, or others in the future. But at least Tennessee's putting into place laws that protect future children from being chemically castrated or abused under these horrendous cultural health care ideas that we've come up with in recent years. Anyways, we've got to take a break. We're going to be right back with some more good news and maybe some not so good news. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and <clears throat> China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers, and in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. Making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part, be secure, buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. We are talking about good news and cultural chaos this Monday episode on Right Spokane Perspective. It's a gender war on children. It's a sexual war that they're waging on our children that we talked about in the beginning of the show today, first half of the show. And there are people standing up. There are groups standing up. Like in the Idaho library situation, there's no way that our public dollars should be used to queer children. And there's no way our public dollars should be used to sexualize children in any way, whether it's changing their gender. Tennessee did that. What else do you got over there? Just a few comments from the Tennessee bill that passed. A couple of things that I agree with. Uh, one of the representatives, William Lamberth. These treatments and procedures have lifetime negative consequences that are irreversible. William Lamberth also calls transition care experimental and dangerous for children. So Washington lawmakers, I'm going to switch over because I switch topics or not yet? Not yet. We're not going there yet. So one more thing that we want to talk about, another good on the topic, if there is much good to talk about this topic. The ma a major association of U.S. doctors makes an official statement on transgender procedures for minors. The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons is warning about unknown and unknowable 
long-term risks, it says, are inherent to gender-affirming care in minors, adding that the consequences of gender transition surgery are irreversible. The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons warn that gender transition procedures are generally irreversible and have high probability of causing sterilization. The procedure also commit a patient to a lifelong need for medical surgical and psychological care and and also prescription drugs for life yes yes medical care such procedures in minors are also medically and ethically contradicted due to a lack of informed consent physicians and medical professionals should refuse to be mandated or coerced to participate in procedures which they have ethical or scientific objections or which they believe would harm a patient so here is an association of doctors of u.s doctors making an official statement that transgender procedures for minors should not be done, should not be completed. We have certain things for our children that they have to reach age 18 in order to do. Right. Well, there's laws that protect children. There's also laws that protect consumers overall. And the more and more we move into socialized medicine, we're paying as taxpayers for things that alter people's healthcare future in a way that's going to cost the taxpayers a lot more money. So I think we have a say in this and there's no study. I know that they try to come up with studies and fix the numbers, but there is no study because what there's what they say around this issue is that people that are suffering from gender dysphoria, a psychological condition, if they get gender affirming care, they'll be happier, healthier because the suicide rate is so high in the non-gender conforming categories that they said, we need to do something for these people because they're committing suicide at really high rates, except that all this gender affirming care after being studied, they're not seeing less psychological harm or less suicidality in these groups. So this isn't healthcare. This is like mad science. And that's why doctors are standing up because they're already reading the studies. They have data backing them now that they can't let the LGBTQIA plus 2S something. Anyways, that group bully the medical institutions anymore into doing mutilation on on children on children and so the big deal here is so this is about children protecting children from life altering decisions made by someone else sexual health deviants okay it's protecting children but the lgbtqia i'm we got to come up with a shorter acronym this group of people are not only costing the taxpayers a fortune but they're freaking out over the taxpayers not wanting to allow and subsidized the mutilation and child abuse of children. Why Why are they so determined that this has to happen to children? Just like why are the drag queens and NAMBLA, folks, look it up yourself. NAMBLA wants to do little sex shows in front of children. Why does it have to be in front of children? They can't just keep it in the gay bar? Going back to the, the drag show that was held at the Pocatello Library, the library did actually send out a statement after the February 11th event that said, we apologize to the families who attended our Pocatello program and were asked to leave due to us having gone over fire code capacity. Our programs are for everyone and all are welcome, but we asked the community members without children to consider making room for parents and children if we reach capacity in the future. 
Right. So they want to continue doing that. And that's where we're going to have to, you know, it's good that people are standing up and making a stand just like in the beginning of the show, that sports team, the girls that wouldn't play Vermont, wouldn't play against, uh, obviously the opposite sex in their sport. So we've got to continue to stand up and see people standing up so that if, Hey, if they want to have a league of their own, I think they're in a league of their own in many ways. In many ways. Yeah. I don't think they need to ruin our culture and girls sports and safety in the bathrooms and locker rooms and all of those things. And I don't think it needs to be charged to our healthcare systems for these things, especially for minors like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, well, unfortunately, here we are back in Washington. So the Senate on Wednesday passed a Democrat-sponsored bill that threatens the rights of parents in Washington. This proposal would give youth-related facilities a troubling new excuse for withholding the whereabouts of runaway children from their parents. Under Senate Bill 5599, those children could effectively disappear by simply claiming they are seeking what the bill calls protected health services. Now, listeners, protected health services in the bill is described as, or given the definition of, it means gender-affirming treatment and reproductive health care services as defined in the statute. Gender-affirming treatment means a service or product that a health care provider prescribes to an individual to support and affirm the individual's gender identity. Gender-affirming treatment includes, but is not limited to, treatment for gender dysphoria, Gender-affirming treatment can be prescribed to two-spirit, transgender, non-binary. What does your spirit have to do with uh, medical care? I don't think spirits... Do spirits get medical care? It caught my attention. Why would that be worded that way? Gender-affirming treatment can be prescribed to two-spirit, transgender, non-binary, and other gender-diverse individuals. it's in there because they're trying to protect people that are going to traffic minors from places like Tennessee. Because just a week ago, here's another law Washington is looking Hold at on. doing. Reproductive health care services means any medical services or treatments, including pharmaceutical and preventative care service or treatments directly involved in the reproductive system and its processes functions, and organs involved in reproduction in all stages of life. Right. So they're talking about children. Washington state wants to protect the rights of people to mutilate children's reproductive organs. In all stages of life. Oh, yeah. Five years old, 10 years old. How young? How old? Well, there's some that are suggesting they're two-year-olds. There's been cases of people suggesting that their young child that's two years old wants to be the opposite sex because when they get to choose their own outfits at two years old, they're a little boy that chooses dresses. And there's stories of these radical, and I I don't know what the term is for them, but parents that want attention using their children, instead of just telling everybody that they're going to be a professional athlete and get a college scholarship and then be in a national league and live vicariously through their children in a sports league and torture them that way, they're going to do it through sexual medications. But we just heard from the Association of U.S. Doctors, and we just heard from representatives in other states hey, that come on. this is not good this for is minors. Not, this is not the this time. This is irreversible. This is not the time to trust the science, Shannon. You have to listen to the state lawmakers in Washington State that are beholden 
to the abortion industry because do you know who's providing those services for gender affirming care and all of those things? It's not all your medical institutions that are looking to cash out on this. It's Planned Parenthood. It's your abortion providers that are looking to alter their clinics to not just provide reproductive care, as it said in that bill, for abortion and birth control. They are looking at population control. Oh, no, no, wait, they wouldn't use that term. No, they're looking at destroying the reproductive health while they say it's for reproductive health, right? Or, yeah, no, they're going to destroy these individuals' ability to reproduce and give them lifelong healthcare consequences so that they can make some money. That's the abortion industry. That's what they do. They're just moving into another area. They've moved into gender-affirming care. So you've got that. Are you still on Washington State law here? Yes, this is still in Washington State. So we're talking about SB 5599. It says, but it does clear the way for children between the ages of 13 to 18 to stay at facilities without their parents' knowledge for an indefinite amount of time while seeking services related to gender dysphoria and gender transitioning. Well, now, now look at the, how that could expand your business model. If you're an abortion provider that does gender-affirming care, now your business model could be youth housing for children seeking gender-affirming care. So now, you know, and, and that doesn't just, that's not just children in Washington. Oh, no, it's anybody that comes to Washington. And there's a, a, a bill talking about that, uh, Actually, just a week ago, Sunday's paper, Washington lawmakers trying to protect out-of-state abortion patients. And inside this article, Idaho committee moves trafficking legislation that would make it a felony to transport or recruit minors across state lines for abortion without parental consent. So Idaho is criminalizing it. There is states that are criminalizing this abuse of children for gender-affirming care, or, well, this one here is specific to abortion. So Washington State is looking at increasing abortion funding so that the abortion providers in Washington State can provide abortions to out-of-state patients where those states are not providing the abortions to minors without parents' knowledge, without somebody's knowledge. Because you've got it now to where social workers, teachers, a friend of a friend can take a child down for an abortion at 13, 12. Was this person raped? Is there any criminal charges? What's going on here? Nobody gets to know because the child will just be transported after being sexually trafficked, possibly down to the abortion clinic and get the abortion. That's how Washington wants to keep it while these other states are looking at ways to protect children. So it's pretty terrifying, I think, for parents these days. I think it is. I think that um, we definitely have way more issues with parental rights than we ever have. Going back to SB 5599, it also clears a path for any teenager to game the system. A child can run away to a youth shelter, claim they are seeking protected health care services, even if they really aren't, and be hidden from their parents. It would not be the first time a teenager would take advantage of a legal loophole to avoid general accountability. When SB 5599 received a public hearing before the Senate Human Services Committee on February 6th. Okay, February 6th here in Washington State, the Senate Committee... More than 4,700 people signed in with an opinion on the bill. 98% were opposed, including parents from the LGBTQ community. 
Okay, so 98% of almost 5,000 people showed up to a committee hearing. I've been in these committee hearing rooms. Uh, They don't house very many people. So there must have been a long line outside of people very early. And a lot of times these hearing rooms are just filled with a few bureaucrats, the people that want the bill to pass, and maybe a few people opposed. Maybe 100. That's a lot of people to show up to one of these hearings. 100, 200. That's a lot. 5,000. And these demonic, I mean, Democratic senators passed it out of that committee anyway? They did. 27 yays, 19 nays, and three excused. So probably mostly on political partisan lines. Mm, Looks like it. So, folks, it's time to stand up for our kids. But guess what? Last week on March 4th, the first reading of this bill was referred to the Human Services Youth and Early Learning Committee. Right. So this bill, all stages of life, youth and early learning, it means the child could be denied gender-affirming care all the way down into early learning, and that could end up in the child's profile the school counselor as soon as they reach what high school middle school and the child could abandon the home to seek what the schools and the libraries have been planting into their brain and the parents have no choice but the child will live with this the rest of their life it's pretty profound what's going on folks you know we've got states that are looking at stopping this and it looks like washington state is positioning itself to be a state that will not just help fund and encourage but will legally allow human trafficking of children for exploitation on sexual issues. Under the disguise of SB 5599, supporting youth and young adults seeking protected health care services. Folks, log on to ledge.wa.gov. Hit bill on the right side of your, your screen. Type in 5599. There's a button there where you can make a comment. If you have the opportunity to go to Olympia. We've got to do something about uh, our state government using our tax dollars to exploit children. It's unreal. That being said, we're out of time for today's show. We'll be back and with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.